All right, guys, what is the story? Uh, welcome along to your 420 News today. And uh, I'm your show host, Martin Condon. And uh, 420 News is brought to you by Martin's World. Guys, how are you all doing? Hope you're all well out there. Um, I know I'm doing pretty fine. It's Friday, got that Friday feeling and um, got a little something there to, to help me along with that Friday feeling. <laughs> um, but yeah, hope you're all uh, doing good out there, guys. Um, just before we get stuck into the uh, 420 news today, um, just again, just to give you a quick reminder that there's a, a Patreon up there now, and it's www.patreon.com forward slash uh, Merton's World. So uh, get up there if you want to support me in uh, developing a cannabis community hub um, for kind of cannabis activists there. Um, bring like-minded people together under one roof where we can uh, come together, you know, organize, meet up, and... Uh, get cannabis legalized in Ireland, you know, ultimately that is the the major uh, objective of this organization once it gets up and running. So, um, yeah, if you'd like uh, to help me do that, uh, that would be amazing. Uh, head on over there. You can uh, subscribe to the Patreon over on uh, martinsworld.e. There's also an option for people to, to make a quick donation there by uh, Bitcoin also. Um, so, yeah, guys, uh, going, going on from there anyway. Uh, our news today, it's going to be taking us uh, to New Zealand, it's going to be taking us to uh, Thailand, we're going to be coming back to the UK, revisiting some uh, news that we touched off there earlier in the week, and uh, then finishing up back home in Ireland. Um, so we go on, uh, let's start it off today in New Zealand. So um, New Zealand is one that we've been touching off of quite a bit, and uh Quite rightly so. They've got a, a very important vote coming up uh, very soon. In just over a week now, um, New Zealanders will be getting the opportunity to vote on the legalisation of cannabis in their country. Um, you know, great opportunity to them. And it seems, you know, if polls are anything to go by, that it's a, it's a very tight race there at the moment. Um, so people who support uh, the legalisation of cannabis are... Uh, really pushing it now to, to, to get the public's uh, support on this, um, so much so uh, that the, uh, the health experts uh, have uh, come out now and they've uh, published a letter there in the New Zealand Medical Journal. And uh, that letter ultimately is uh, calling on New, New Zealanders uh, to go ahead and vote yes on the upcoming non-binding referendum. Now keep in mind, you know, the, the what's her name, uh, Judith Collins could get elected and uh, most likely she'll completely ignore anything that happens in this vote because it seems like she's quite committed to keeping cannabis illegal. Um, why I don't understand because a lot of the evidence is to, to the contrary of uh, a lot of what she argues, uh, you know, the, the reasons why she, she argues to keep it illegal, you know, protect the kids, like you protect the kids by... Uh, regulating it making it safer unlike you know prohibition where you have uh, a number of girls getting shifted off the hospital because they got their hands on uh, edibles on the black market because there's no age limit applied when you go buy off a drug dealer on the street you know so uh, regulation is a great thing there in that um so the kind of health experts that are coming out in this uh, in this letter um, include addiction treatment specialists, and uh, they include public health specialists, um, health promotion specialists, and specialists in epidemiology. 
So uh, an, a nice diverse group of uh, of signatories here to this letter, and um, you know they they say that the the referendum is a once in a generation opportunity to legalize cannabis and promote health equality, because in in New Zealand, if you don't know, um, the the laws are unlike anywhere else, you know, um, they they're kind of uh, unfairly applied. Um, in New Zealand, are, uh, it's the Maoris who are three times more likely to be uh, criminalised and convicted for merely possessing cannabis um, compared to the, the non-Maori on the island. You know, And uh, I think the Maori make up, um, if uh, memory serves correct, I think it was uh, 19% of the population in New Zealand. Um, but again, I'm, I'm definitely open to correction there on that one, so... <laughs> check that up if uh, if you want to be requoting it afterwards like but uh you know they, they don't make up uh, uh as much and you know they're they're quite more much more uh, punished compared to non-new zealanders um so there's also a, a professor mike baker who is a key player uh in the the kind of the design of uh new zealand's response to the coronavirus so uh he's another health expert and uh, he's come out and saying that um, New Zealand have shown that it's that it's a world leader in utilizing innovative and evidence informed approaches to complex public health problems. It's time to take the same uh, fresh approach to cannabis law and put public health first. Our prohibition model for cannabis is outdated and doesn't work. Supporting law reform is about reframing cannabis use as a health issue which opens up new and more effective ways of minimising harms. So that's a quote there from Professor Michael Baker, who again, as I say, he's a, an, an, one of the leading art, architects in New Zealand's response to the coronavirus. Um, so a quite intelligible guy. And he's coming out as well in favour of New Zealanders voting yes on cannabis legalisation. So um, well done there to, to these guys, you know, t- taking that bro old step out and uh, speaking up in favour of it, uh, unlike the, the Prime Minister there uh, Jacinda Ardern who you know it's kind of no secret it seems like that she's a, a supporter of legalisation you would say um, but at the same time she will not confirm that you know she won't deny it either but um, when you listen to her arguments and uh, listen to her talking about it it seems like she's quite supportive of uh, New Zealanders uh, voting yes, but she at the same time has said she doesn't want to uh, impact how people vote by sharing her uh, how she's going to vote on this. So um, you know that that's a pity. I think uh, Jason Darlan's missing an opportunity there really to come out and uh, give her opinion because uh, I think her opinion is just as uh, valuable as anyone else's opinion in this. And um, it's a it's a missed opportunity for New Zealanders to to get the opinion of um, their potential new uh, or yeah the new elected uh, just in, uh, prime minister just in the Ireland. Um, so yeah, uh, the former prime minister. Then just to wrap up on uh, New Zealand, the former prime minister has also come out in support of legalizing cannabis. So well done to that former Prime Minister there. Her name is Helen Clark. Helen Clark had this to add to the uh, conversation there. She said that policing cannabis is the biggest waste of taxpayers' money. So that's you know that's quite a, a statement to make there um, from the former Prime Minister of uh, New Zealand 
coming out, you know, saying that it is the ma- it's a massive waste of, uh, if not the biggest waste of uh, taxpayers' money. And uh, yeah, I think that could be echoed on over here to Ireland too, where there's massive amounts of money being wasted in policing this when, uh, in fact, we could be doing uh, something like New- our Thailand, uh, which is going to be the next protocol that we're going to. And um, I had the pleasure of uh, spending a month in Thailand before actually a beautiful place. Um, but while I spent the month there, I actually kind of abstained from cannabis use because uh, the cannabis laws over there and uh, the prisons, um, you know, I just didn't want to end up in them. So uh, we didn't partake in cannabis consumption while we were there, except for one weekend when we uh, headed out to um, PP Island and a uh, beautiful, again, place. And while we were out there, there was a Rasta hut, I think was the name of uh, the bear on the beach. And uh, one of the boys, he just said, feck it, he's going to ask. And he asked you, man, you know, can you get us some uh, cannabis? And uh, he did. And uh, I'll never forget what an evening we had that evening, actually. Uh, he, we went back and, as I said, we had abstained from smoking for, it was about three weeks before we went to the island. And um, it was coming close to our last week there. And uh, we were sitting out on the, the balcony kind of area of our, of our cabin that we were staying in. And uh, it was just getting close to the evening time. The sun had set and uh, the, the darkness was just setting in. And off in the distance, we could see flashing thunder and everything. So uh, we rolled some up anyway, preparing for a bit of a, a thunderstorm to drift our way. And uh, as it came our way and uh, as we were just getting a bit high, the, the whole power on the island went out. So we were just kind of sat there. <laughs> like All we could really see was the, uh, the red cherry of the, the joint we had rolled and we were passing between us. Uh, and it was some kind of funky toy stick stuff and I, I don't know was it because of the, the abstinence not not smoking for three weeks like but I got incredibly high and uh, the darkness then and the flashing lights of the lightning like it just made for uh, <laughs> an altogether amazing experience and uh, just as quickly as the, the thunder and lightning came it was gone again and uh, yeah, we had a, a decent party then on uh, in the, under the full moon on the beach. <laughs> um, so yeah, happy days in Thailand. But look, uh, you know, it was nice to stroll down memory lane there with you. But um, Thailand is making today's four twenty news because uh, they're you know they're quite a progressive country as it seems at the moment uh, when it comes to medical cannabis. Um, their prime, their not their prime minister, their um, their minister for health, uh, Anutin Karn Viracul, Karen uh, Viracul, um, geez, a, a Newton, a Health Minister in Newton, <laughs> Health Minister in Newton was down uh, visiting one of their, uh, the, the number of state-run cannabis production facilities. So he was down in a facility that has uh, a potential to, to produce 1,300 cannabis plants uh, at a, per harvest, you know, um, quite a substantial uh, a number of plants to be able to, to put through your facility when it comes to producing this medicine. And and it's a state-run facility too. So um, himself and uh, a couple of other uh, cabinet members, our parliament members uh, from Thailand, were down visiting the facility. And um, I, I have a little video here for you that uh, I'll quickly just, um, I'll flick over to there now in a second and I'll play for you. But um, it's just the, the health minister and uh, the other members of parliament there um, out visiting this facility. I'll be back to you in one second. <laughs> uh, actually, before we go there, let me just 
100% make sure that uh, I have the audio coming your way because uh, I didn't insert it there now and I only just noticed it. So uh, I'll make sure I get that there now to you too. <laughs> uh, you see, you live and you learn. You don't make the same as take steak twice, even though I almost just did. So here we go. Take two. <laughs> Elsewhere, it's inconceivable. A health minister, the man in the middle, aiding in the cultivation of cannabis. Anutin Chanavarakul joined the hundreds of employees of the Thai government pharmaceutical organization, GPO, in this ceremonial planting. These shrubs will be used to produce medicinal products, completely legally and on behalf of the state. The greenhouse can control various factors about the growth of the cannabis. That enables us to extract large amounts of cannabinoids from the plants and reduce the cost of producing it as a product in the future. For almost two years, it's been legal to cultivate cannabis in Thailand under controlled conditions. It's going well with some of the crop even being exported. For now, only massive state-run facilities like this one can grow it. But the Thai government is already planning to put medicinal marijuana plants in the greenhouses of private growers. So there you have it, guys. Uh, I hope that played okay for you. Um, I'll uh, check back there in a minute, I guess, as we uh, finish up the show. But um, there you have it. You heard yourself so that uh, the Thai government are, are making quite a bit of progress there. And even their health minister is down there partaking in this. Uh, unlike ours, uh, you know, Stephen Donnelly, shaming you, man. Um, what's going on? Come on, like, uh, catch up with Thailand there and get out and get your hands dirty and plant some cannabis plants and uh, open up some state-run cannabis facilities and hire someone like me, you know, um, <coughs> to go in there and uh, help you grow your cannabis and get it out there to the patients, much like the, the Thai guys are. So these state-run facilities are supplying cannabis to hospitals and clinics across the country and uh, they're collecting some data there too, you know, and uh, they're backing up uh, how are they're improving how they're dispensing this medicine to their to their patients there. So very progressive things to be to be happening in Thailand. And as you also heard there, hopefully, um, Thailand are going to be uh, they're going to have a bill before their parliament uh, quite soon, which will allow uh, private growing of cannabis across the country. Um, so the, the health minister in Newton, he has said that the administration wanted to support with sincerity patients who need to use cannabis for treatment. Uh, the government have invested in growing extraction, uh, distillation and as well as marketing of the cannabis oils for use in the health industry. Um, uh, uh, where is that part that I'm looking for? Um, yeah, the, the minister says that he hopes that this bill will help to, to boost uh, the income of rural farmers uh, who could grow and sell the plant. So there you go, like, uh, well done, like, to this health minister, like, a very forward-thinking guy by the sounds of it. Um, he's thinking of his indigenous farmers there, um, on, again, unlike our guys here who have their head buried in their sand, 
Um, we had Gino Kenny put a bill before him in 2016. Uh, we had Ming put a bill before him in 2013. Um, two amazing opportunities afforded to the Irish government to be taking the lead on this. And uh, no, sadly, we take the road of ignorance and we force mothers to, to march across the country to raise enough of public support to get these guys to, to even do the slightest um, in terms of getting patients access to medical cannabis. You know, it's a, I'm ashamed to say that there's still less than, I'd say there's less than 50 people in Ireland who've gotten access to medical cannabis through the ministerial license. And, uh, you know, sadly, Kenny Tynan, one of those patients uh, who recently said that he won't be renewing his license uh, anymore and he's going to be going getting it illegally now because um, it's, it's too costly to get it uh, the way the government are forcing him to get it. Um, it's, they won't reimburse Kenny for the the, bur the costly medicine, and uh, he can't afford to be forking out that that amount of money every uh, three months to be getting it. It's as he said, it's cheaper to get it on the black market, which shouldn't be the case at all. Uh, it is only that case because of all the bureaucracy and the red tape and all of the bullshit really that just comes with. Uh, medicinal cannabis you know if we were to just do the sensible thing legalize and regulate the sale and supply of cannabis patients would effectively get what they need through that because we overnight we could start eliminating the stigma break down the barriers get the, ha the cannabis into the hands of the health professionals out there you know people like uh, nikki darrell uh, an amazing herbalist here in ireland ireland who I, I'm sure would be an amazing uh, person to work with, with cannabis medicines. Um, you know, I'd love to get her own input on it someday uh, on that. But, you know, no, sadly, our, our Irish, the, the Irish government just aren't uh, anywhere near as progressive as uh, the Thai government, um, you know. And just uh, be forewarned, guys, uh, despite all of this progressiveness in Thailand, um, the recreational use of cannabis still remains illegal, and uh, it can carry up to a 10-year sentence in prison. So, um, while they are progressive in medical cannabis, other places maybe not so much. And, um, yeah, it's to be expected, I suppose, with Asian countries and stuff like that. Um, in other news, guys, uh, moving back home a little bit, uh, we head back to the UK. And in the UK, then, um, I touched off of news last week, and it was on these jellies. Um, these nerd ropes, um, as you can, excuse me, as you can see here. Um, so as I said uh, last week, uh, this was to do with a news story that came out of a North London Catholic school, where there was it was said to be thirteen girls were hospitalised, but actually another four girls were later uh, sent to the hospital. Also, um, bringing the total on the day to seventeen girls hospitalised in the one school. Um, related to a batch of these uh, THC infused sweets. Now, uh, it's it's said that they has THC in them. Um, I, I don't know, has that been completely confirmed? But but the fact that these girls uh, got better rather soon, uh, like before the evening was there, there was reports that the girls were back to, to normal and uh, none of them were seriously uh, hurt in the incident. That would make me think that they probably, it probably was THC, you know, which, which again, like... Uh, you know, lucky for them, it, it wasn't some of these other uh, synthetic cannabinoids that are finding their way into some of these uh, edibles out there. Um, so they are quite lucky that it was actually THC that they got and not a much more dangerous synthetic chemical. 
But in relation to this, uh, there has been two arrests made. Uh, one arrest was made on Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday evening saw a 41-year-old man be arrested. Um, he was arrested on suspicion of having cannabis, um, which is a strange one. Um, so I, I'm assuming he actually didn't get caught with any cannabis. It's suspicion. So somebody must have fingered him or something. I'm, I'm not too sure. And also child neglect. Um, so he, he got done for a suspicion of having cannabis and also child neglect. And then the following day, a woman was also arrested. She was uh, 24 and she's also been charged for uh, the, the two same charges, a suspicion of having cannabis and child neglect. Um, yeah, that, that's just quite interesting. Suspicion of having cannabis uh, quite possibly just has to do with them not getting caught with cannabis. And maybe there was uh, evidence there to suggest that. They had cannabis, they were selling cannabis, um, then shouldn't it be suspicion of selling cannabis? Um, yeah, I don't know, I just, uh, I couldn't make sense of that one there really. But what was interesting then is the schools, uh, the school involved in this there, that Catholic school, they, they released a statement uh, that since warns parents that um, the sweets like these are being sold on Snapchat, TikTok and Instagram. Like, this no secret, guys. I, I kind of pointed this out before as well. Kids are, by and large, the most at, most at-risk group out there um, because a, a lot of them are just starting out into the, the world of buying drugs, let's say, and uh, they don't know anybody, so they're most likely to actually bump into the wrong person, whereas, say, somebody like myself, I've been around kind of a while, I, I know not just to trust anybody like you know um you, you would take certain precautions you would try to get a bit of feedback or what have you but some of these kids like could be just naive young vulnerable and not know any better and uh, they're just taking unnecessary risks like if this picture has any truth to it and these kids are buying stuff for 6p like that's that's not going to be thc stuff like those those nardrops there that you see uh i'd say that one packet is 30 quid possibly uh you know um depending on how much thc in it is in it like if it was a 60 milligram one then it should be only about maybe 10 to 20 quid but if it's uh if it's one of the heavier medicated ones that they're talking about uh, are having 600 milligrams then quite possibly that that should be worth maybe 20 or 30 to, to 50 quid like uh depending on who you buy it off of um but yeah, it's a scary one. Uh, the school also said that um, that the, the kids became ill after they ate what they thought were sweets. <laughs> so the kids had no idea that there was a THC in them. Yeah, I, I don't know about that one. I, I really don't know about that one, if the school really believed that or are they just trying to paint their students in a good light? Oh yeah, no, our students uh, don't do this. Do you know? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I wonder what uh, Johan Toulouse uh, would have to say about that because uh, she was uh, that singer one. I hope I got her name right. But uh, yeah, she went to that school anyway. And um, yeah, she has quite provocative songs and uh, she kind of raps about cannabis and things there as well. So I'd be interested to hear what she, she has to say about uh, about this in particular incident. Um there was also a comment then made by Alison Keating. Alison Keating is the head of alcohol, tobacco and uh, drugs. Um, so whatever that is there within the, the health services, I'd imagine, or something like that, or maybe within the police service, actually. 
And um, she says that it's an illegal drug and it can be dangerous. <laughs> and so the situation is of concern. So, like, is, is Alison actually arguing for legalization and what she's saying here? Like, because she's saying it's an illegal drug and can be dangerous. So she's saying it's an it can be dangerous because it's an illegal drug. So are we saying that, say, if you were in America, where in certain states, anyway, cannabis isn't illegal, um, is it not dangerous there? Because there's quality assurance, there's, like, uh, labels, you know, um, there's growing procedures and standards uh, followed, you know. Um, is it not dangerous then? Because there's an age limit also applied. You know, I, I, I don't know, is that what Alison is saying? Um so I, I think Alison there is secretly arguing for legalization and what she's saying. So just come on out of the closet there, Alison, and um, support legalization so we can more effectively protect kids um, from drugs like these so that they don't fall into their hands. You know, we put age limits in place and we best protect them, uh, similar as we do with alcohol and tobacco, you know. So there we go, guys. Um that's my little update there from the UK news. And then there's other news there uh, coming back then into Northern Ireland. Um, up there north uh, earlier in the week, there was a story. And I didn't report on it actually earlier in the week because um, I just had a couple of other stories to report on. And uh, I didn't get time to actually read into it to report on it. Um, so it's back in the, the 420 news today because the man associated with it, it was up in court. So this is to do with the million pounds worth of cannabis that was uh, allegedly strapped to the roof of a lorry. Now, the, the cops have come out and saying that that uh, lorry was actually a, a horse transporter, a large horse transporter uh, type vehicle. So uh, some sausage... Um, just never tied it down properly and uh, a million bucks worth of um, cannabis fell off the roof. Like So I, I think this guy like uh, qualifies for uh, the dumbest criminal of the week. <laughs> like, come on, like you had one job, man. Like, just strap it down, strap it down. <laughs> like, and uh, he couldn't even do that right. Um, so that fell off the roof anyway. This dude kind of got away for a short while, but uh, the cops caught up with him afterwards. So uh, his name was uh, Nathan David Green, and he's uh, a 33-year-old uh, native of uh, County Down. So he, he was up uh, after, you know, the cops uh, must have linked him to the, to the cannabis troop, maybe his own horseback's type lorry, uh, I'm imagining. But uh, he was up there then for the <laughs> the cannabis and uh yeah he he the only comment he made was to to just acknowledge that he knew the charges that were before him and he's to now come back before the court again next month a bit anticlimactic there in that news story but um yeah i just thought i'd take the opportunity to report upon it because they caught the guy apparently involved in it and they're going keeping him in custody actually they're not even going to let him apply for bail um, the guy got caught with some cannabis, like, you'd swear he was actually a risk to someone, unlike some of the other criminals that they leave out in bail after committing violent crimes, and, you know, um, sadly, I, I just don't know what the, what they'd be thinking in these ones, um, I'll keep an eye out for when this guy is back in court there next month, and I'll bring further updates on it, 
But um, I thought uh, I'd just give him a little read out there because uh, he won today's uh, Dumbest Criminals Award for, for the week. <laughs> so well done to you, uh, Nate and David Green. <laughs> um, another story, guys, I reported on, uh, I think it was on Wednesday's news, and it was on the, uh, the one and a half million drug seizure that was made by the cops there in Mead. And uh, there was a half a million in cash and almost a million in drugs. Now, a breakdown of the drugs that they actually seized there in that was uh, 570,000 worth of MDMA. There was 156,000 worth of MDMA powder, um, 80,000 worth of uh, cannabis herb, um, 140,000 worth of cocaine, uh, 12,000 euro worth of Xanax tablets. And then to top it off, then they also found a Glock semi-automatic 9mm pistol and two Walter 9mm pistols. And these were found alongside two silencers and also 75 bullets. So, like, this is just, one, uh, before I go any further on, this is just reinforcement for grow your own guys or know your source. Be careful who you're supporting when you're buying your cannabis or other drugs out there because... Do you want to be supporting these guys really when, look, they have guns, they have bullets, but also the gang that are doing this, it's a Lithuanian crime gang that are being known to be involved in human trafficking also. So your profits, when, when you buy cannabis and you don't know your source, if you're not growing your own and you're not buying from a trustworthy source, you could be supporting these guys who are involved in this sort of stuff, like you know. Um, I only was got done listening to a podcast there earlier with Aubrey Marcus, and uh, he had on a guy there who was involved in busting child pedophile rings and things like that. And I would hate to think that a bag of cannabis being bought by a you know a rather peaceful and uh, non-violent. Uh, cannabis consumer you know a person who wouldn't want to do any harm to anybody could actually be inadvertently supporting a crime network that is facilitating that kind of uh, behavior you know where there's human trafficking involved of young vulnerable children as well as um kind of normal adult uh, vulnerable people as well you know a lot of the times it is vulnerable women um getting caught up in in this um, but there's also, I, I suppose, there would be vulnerable men to getting caught up uh, within this human trafficking. You know, uh, I reported on another story there the other day uh, about the, the Vietnamese guy who was caught in the house with the 300,000 worth of cannabis plants. And he got a, a two-year s- sentence with 12 months suspended. Like, there you go, there's another guy who quite potentially was uh, a victim of human trafficking. He could be quite like, like quite potentially... Uh, a staff member of this Lithuanian crime gang, you know, who who the Gardaí say that uh, the recent operations against them have done a lot to uh, hamper their operations because, because they're seeing a reduction in activity. But are the Gardaí really just patting themselves on, on the back for the work of the coronavirus, which has slowed down everything across the board, you know? Um, are, are they're very quick to pat themselves on the back, you know. Oh, our operation here had done a lot, like. But realistically, the way it works here in, in the the underworld, you know, is that if if they really have, uh, say, crippled this crime gang, this network, there's a multitude of others out there who are going to quickly just step in and fill the void. 
and these drugs are you know they're a diamond dozen out there they're cheap as chips realistically at, at source and uh the the true value is in getting them to the streets here in places like ireland where people will pay a lot more for them and uh, they pay a lot more because of prohibition you know so um yeah so that that's uh just a little update there on that is that the gang that were associated with this was a lithuanian crime gang that are associated with human trafficking and they're, they're also involved in the international uh, drug dealing network so again guys be very careful where you're buying your cannabis and know your source you know um you don't want to be getting um you don't want to be supporting these guys at all um no not at all um so that's my little public service announcement uh, for today and guys uh, today's uh, 420 news was uh, a rather quick one actually um i didn't get a, a whole lot of opportunity to cover a lot of uh, news articles today because uh, i spent a bit of time this morning in the greenhouse doing a bit of gardening and then making dinner and uh, i kind of got caught up in the whole thailand story and uh, the new zealand stuff um, there's quite a bit of coverage there to be reading into that. Uh, a lot of it I didn't report there because it would just bore the, the pants off you. Yeah. Um, but there's uh, it was interesting to me anyway. And uh, yeah, so this this is the 420 news for today, guys. I'm going to um, just finish off actually with one more piece here. It's uh, another little video and it's, um, it's just a little favor that I said I would do for another kind of... Um, Grassleds movement there within the the Irish media scene I suppose there's a documentary um being released there by it's 6 Mile Media I think is the name of the guys or is a 6 Mile Dublin and uh Le Costa Nostra um are the other guys who are promoting it too so um there's a little video there of uh of a, a clip from the documentary that they're supposed to be doing so i'll, I'll just play that there and uh, give the guys a little plug on uh, on 420 news because uh i think it's worth mentioning like you know and uh helping to promote um you know, the irish cannabis community um so here's a uh, that trailer here from the guys uh, this is taken from the Le costa nostra uh the brand page there on instagram so um, I'm going to be back to you in a couple of seconds. When something's like untaxed, unregulated and illegal, it can be grown to whatever standard they want, they can put whatever the fuck they want on it, and that's what brings about the negative effects. Until this morning I thought marijuana was something to read about in the newspapers, not find in my own home. Man was like, drugs, Thomas, like, so I was just eating all the fucking chocolate in the house. That was it, like. You have to understand, it's not as bad as you think it is. Got into the biggest fit of laughter over nothing. I couldn't, I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, <laughs> I was like, help me, like, <laughs> And now I'm smoking weed with this guy from South Sudan, this guy from Yemen, this guy from Nigeria, this guy from fucking Roscommon, like, you know. Because <laughs> I mean, they on Camden Street on a Saturday night. Like, it's fucking chaos. Imagine the money for country. I don't deserve to get in trouble for this. Like, it's obvious, and a no-brainer in my head, like, you know?
So there you have it, guys. That was uh, a little trailer that comes from uh, the documentary from the guys. Uh, I think the documentary is called Fresh Chats. So um, keep an eye out for that one. I'm not aware of any uh, release date as of yet uh, or where and you'll be able to, to see it when it is released. But I have reached out to the guys to come on the podcast uh, to have a bit of a chat with myself and uh, fill us in on, uh, on what happened and what the journey was like creating the documentary and what people can expect from it. So uh, I hope to have that for you guys, uh, hopefully within the next week or two. But um, until then, you know, uh, stay tuned. <laughs> um, so that is, is that is everything today from uh, today's 420 News. Um, I'm going to pop on over here to the comments as I do. And, um, ah, jeez, look who is you have it. Like, very surprised to see this guy at the top. It's Dave. What's the crack, Dave, man? As always, man, uh, top at the pops there by uh, getting the comments in. Uh, thanks very much, man. Very loyal uh, listener to the show. So it's uh, if the former Prime Minister of New Zealand agrees that policing cannabis is a waste of money, why didn't he legalize it? Um, it was it was a she, I suppose. But um, yeah, that's that's the thing with politics. You see, when when that Prime Minister was in office, it was probably not a popular thing to do. Whereas now, it most likely is a popular thing to do, and politicians are more and more by the day seeing this and uh, there's more and more of them becoming uh, supportive of the legalization of cannabis um you know i i've spoken to politicians here in in ireland uh Padraig O'Sullivan, the, the he's a phenophiler and he said to me he supports the legalization of cannabis uh but he does nothing for it like it's it's just it baffles me you know he, I, had, uh, I was out uh, at the count uh, when it was the by-election back in November 2019. And uh, I, I was there as uh, as other independents were getting eliminated before me. Do you know, <laughs> I, I was the last of the independents to get uh, eliminated in that. And I was hanging in there and I was going around and uh, I was getting kind of congratulated by some of the other guys there um, for just kind of putting my neck out there and, uh, and what have you. And... Uh, yeah, I was chatting with Padraig O'Sullivan and I, I was just kind of saying it to him, you know, I, I only ran on this because when I when I got out of prison about, was it 2014, six years ago now, uh, I got in touch with him and I got in touch with him then because he was a, a local councillor and I wanted some help um, to raise awareness about the, the struggle that, that I had just been through when I had been put in car prison for five bloody days um, just because I wouldn't pay a fine for cannabis and I didn't want to go to court anymore for it, um, I just refused to show up in court. Um, there was a bench warrant put out for me. They were looking for me for, for over two years. They finally caught up at me and I had to do five days in car prison. I actually was supposed to do two months there, but uh, I got out after five days. Um, they made me sign on then every day at uh, Mayfield Garda Station for for the remaining month, which was bloody horrible. Um but I was saying it to Padraig, you know, if Padraig, if you, if you had helped me back then, um, I wouldn't be here now today. Uh, I would be, you know, maybe a part of the Fianna Foil campaign or whatever it was. Uh, I don't know, was he, he might have been even independent back then himself. Um, I can't remember. And I think he might have been Fianna Foil actually even then. Um, but, but, you know, I was saying to him he could have supported it then, um, but he didn't. Well, why didn't he? And he was saying, well, you know, it's it's the, it's just not a popular thing. You have to get votes and da da da. And I was just like, so basically you hide these parts of you um, because you would lose votes if you were, were to share them. 
and uh, to me like that's just just straight up this dishonesty like I, I I absolutely hate that from him um I had a video there uh before as well after a meeting with Ken O'Flynn another local councillor here in Cork and uh I, I thought I might have got like uh, a bit more of a pro progress out of him like you know a bit, a bit more of a progressive view um because he he's a gay man and he is a as a, a husband I think um or he is a partner anyway and uh you know, he, he should understand what it's like to be discriminated against and uh, to, to not have people to speak out in support of you because of it not being a popular thing to do. You know, surely as a gay man, you would understand that back in, in Ireland when it was illegal and it wasn't a popular thing to be speaking out uh, in favor of, um, you know, uh, uh, surely you, you would understand and be able to relate to that. But no, instead, actually, you just continue that in, in your own way. And he admitted to me that he, he too agrees with the legalization of cannabis. But um, the people who support him uh, wouldn't vote for him. Uh, at least he would lose a lot of his voters if he was to come out in, in support of it. Because as he said, people are not are just not ready yet. Are just not ready yet. Like we're we're not ready for common sense. We're not ready for more affecting policing, uh, more effective policing in our communities. We're we're not ready for less discriminatory drug laws. Like what what aren't we ready for? I, I just didn't understand that. Like I I done a live video afterwards, uh, and I actually broke down and kind of crying. Like I got rather emotional uh, that morning, um, just be because of just reliving the whole experience, like sharing with him all of the pain and the trauma that I went through uh, being, when I was criminalized and put in prison, taken away from my family, you know, just my freedom taken away for what? For, for cannabis, for, for my personal choice that affects nobody else uh, and for standing up and for that, that very same right. Um, I, I had to be locked up like, and uh, yeah, that, that made me rather emotional that day. Like, so yeah, you know, it's it isn't any surprise there then that the, the former Prime Minister of New Zealand like will come out now in support of it because it's a popular thing to do, but when yeah, as you so rightly say, when, when they were in power they did nothing. So like yeah, that's that's just the highlight uh, to Stephen Donnelly now, man. You're you're in power. Like you, you came out there in twenty seventeen when you were an independent and you supported cannabis legalization. Now you're 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 a fucking health minister, man, and you're doing nothing. Like where the hell, where the hell are you? At least Thailand's prime minister is down planting cannabis plants and sponsoring state-run uh, cannabis growing facilities and producing medicine for the patients there. As I said, Kenny Kynan, a patient here, has to disband his license and he's after he has to go down the illegal route now to get his medicine because the ways in which the Irish government are allowing patients to access it is just ineffective. Going getting it illegally is actually more effective, sadly, for them. So, like, that's just the sad situation, the, the reality of the world we live in today. And uh, nice one again there for uh, updating me on the quality of the video and the sound. <laughs> nice one, man. Appreciate it. Glad it worked. Yes. <laughs> um, very expensive mistake. Um, yeah, certainly is. Uh, certainly is. Ken Green, no relation. Yeah, he's no relation to you there. You're on about your man Nathan, our dumbest criminal today. <laughs> Lucky you cannot relate it to this guy. And uh and Teresa, don't worry if you missed that missed it, it'll all be available there again afterwards and it will be uploaded to YouTube as well. Um I don't know, will I go back and take out that little hiccup? Um or we'll see. We'll see. 
But guys, that is uh, today's 420 news. Uh, I hope you've all enjoyed it. Um, I know as always, I definitely enjoy doing these shows. Uh, I enjoy the preparation for them. Um, I, I, I hope it come across. I hope it comes across well on, on your own side. I know a lot of it is just reading news articles and just relaying that information back to yourselves again. But as I say, I, I, I am taking notes of people here who I hope to follow up with and get in for some more extensive interviews and uh, to just get down into the nitty gritty of things with people on uh, particular topics, you know. And guys, for, for those of you who've hung around long enough actually this evening, um, you get the pleasure of knowing that on Thursday next week, it's uh, it's penciled into my diary anyway, I'm going to get to sit down and have a good chat with a, a buddy I met there back in, jeez, was it 2017, it was uh, Danny Nemo, the, the Reverend Danny Nemo, and um, he's coming to speak with me about drugs in the Bible, so cannabis and other drugs in the Bible. So uh, Danny Nemo has done a quite extensive bit of work there, um, covering all of the different places and references in the Bible to cannabis and other drugs. Um, an amazing talk he gave in UCC, uh, a talk that was organised by the Students for Sensible Drug Policy, um, at even a time that I, I was a member there actually, uh, it was done in partnership with uh, CIT and the UCC, students for sensible drug policy um so i i look forward to having him on next week to have a, a good old chat about uh cannabis and other drugs including psychedelics like uh dimethyltryptamine um danny nemo was a member of uh the daimi church in i think it's in japan he was a member of that church um so the daimi church are basically a church that are around the use of uh, dmt dimethyltryptamine and uh, he's also spent uh, quite a bit of time in the amazon uh, jungle and with different shamans there working with this uh, sacred and traditional medicine so guys um until next week i guess until next monday uh, i will see you then oh and uh, actually there's another interview that might be happening sunday um i might be jumping the gun announcing this one whether it's to happen or not um but it's going to be myself graham debarra who i've had on a podcast before and uh richie sheehy who um if you don't know is uh is a comedian here in ireland and uh yeah the three of us are going to come on and have a chat there about the recent uh, re revelations that UCC have a long-standing agreement with the Gardaí um, where they take the students' uh, students' cards, lock them out of uh, essential services in the college for students' work, and uh, they also then extort the students for €75 Euro, um, to get the student card back and uh, privileges, you know, the, the student services open back up to them, you know, services such as library access. Um, so they're going to come on and talk about that, share their experiences. Uh, both of those lads were stopped and searched uh, by Gardaí um, back while they were students in UCC. So um, that's something to be looking forward to as well. That's going to be taking place on Sunday night. Um, hopefully I'll have the video all put together there and released then on Monday morning going well. Um, maybe if we're going very, very well, we might get it out on Sunday night. But um, maybe not with the uh, the speed of rendering there of my my laptop. <laughs> um, so guys, 
that is it that is it now finally that's the final wrapping up today i'm gonna um spark this one up for you It's Friday, lads, and you've been listening to 420 News. With your news anchor, Martin Condon, and the 420 News is brought to you by Martin's World. So, guys, until next time, keep her lit. Stay blazed. Stay safe. Have a good weekend, guys. Peace.